0: Today's podcast is presented by our friends at the Iowa State University Foundation who are constantly trying to strengthen the Cyclone community. You can support tomorrow's big ideas with a gift today. Be loud, be proud, be a part of the movement, and donate to the college or a department that you are passionate about today. Loyal and forever true. Let's all help Move What Matters by visiting movewhatmatters.com today. The Cyclone Fanatic podcast is fueled by Cody
1: Rhodes and recorded. and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel
0: Studio. Hello Cyclone Fanatics, Chris Williams here today with a uh, special edition podcast in the middle of your football week to do a little basketball. We've got Iowa State basketball media days for the men and the women each coming up this week. So our, our staff is working overtime for you guys, of course, football coming up this Saturday as well. But as I like to do each and every year, I sat down with Iowa State head coach TJ Otzelberger to preview the upcoming season. We really got into a lot of good stuff here. Uh, Not a lot of the peripheral things like, you know, portal. We didn't do a lot of that. This is about this year's team, um, breaking down a lot of the newcomers, got some updates on, of course, some of the returners as well. But, yeah, I I think it's – I think it's really good. I think coach was really informative about this and y'all really going to enjoy it. So there you have it. Uh, Let's listen to my interview with Iowa State head basketball coach TJ Otzelberger. All right. Up here in Ames, we've got a couple of basketball media days this week, which means it's it's officially crossover season in my world. But I always like to catch up with coach Otzelberger before before we get going here. Coach, what's up, man? How's life? Yeah, life's great. Um, awesome, uh, awesome win for a football
1: program this weekend. Exciting stuff. Great to see Coach McCarney back. Nobody uh, better than Coach <laughs> yeah. Mac, and loves the Cyclones more than Coach. So, great weekend. We're in, uh, we're enjoying where we're at in our process. Couple weeks into practice, um, you know, we take the opportunities on Saturdays. We do a lot of live play with our guys, and felt like our, our competition on Saturday was really
0: strong. And excited to keep building on it, moving forward. How's the uh, How's Mac? I know he's spoke to your team we saw a little bit of the post game him with campbell <laughs> he seemed fired up why do you do why do you do that because right, you did this uh, i don't know if a lot of people know this when you're at south dakota state when you were at vegas you would fly mac in he he's talked to me about what he loved about you when you were a young assistant what 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 gravitated you so much to him and to to keep him involved all these years when I came here as uh, in my first year
1: uh, with the cyclones, and you know he's the head football coach, I mean he took me under his wing. There's times we'd get out to country club, played some tennis, there's times he would go out speaking and, and we'd end up driving together uh, and more than that, it was just you know he he made me feel like he, he showed me the sense of pride he had for the cyclones and, and he mm-hmm. he was such a you know someone that I looked up to and, and took me under his wing so um, really fortunate. When we had an opportunity, it started at South Dakota State in year one. And I said, Coach, we're trying to we're trying to build a culture. We're trying to uh, shift a mindset. We're trying to, to take a step forward. And, man, you, you get in that room and you talk to guys about leadership and uh, being elite and intensity and, and all those things. And, man, it's a really resonating message. Love to have you come out and speak with the group. And our guys loved it. You know, at the end of the first year, uh we had a handful of people come in and speak to our guys and unanimously our guys said coach McCarney was the one that they felt like they connected with the most and had the greatest impact and so we've That's awesome. We've had him every year. He's been uh, to South Dakota State 3 years,
0: UNLV for a few and now he's he's on year 3 here. That's awesome. All right, I want to um I want to really just focus on the team here. Because uh, I, I I just can't imagine. No offense, that you're going to have anything new on NIL and portal and all that stuff. I think people are excited about the team. So for first of all, the the off season a little bit unique as far as when from the outside looking in, where your team just seems a little bit younger this year. Y- your first two here at Iowa State were, you know, by design. You went out and got. Older guys. You you have younger guys now, of course you, you have some of the you know, returners, Big Rob, all those guys. I guess my question is the the off season in general, how how is it differed having a, a younger group compared to maybe the last two off seasons? Well, for us, you know, as
1: we looked at when we came into the program initially in year one, you know, and trying to restore pride and felt like we needed some some older guys who had been in the fights before and done it before to set the tone for the program. And, and that carried forward as well into last year. We had a couple guys, you know, that were multiple year transfers that we had, guys like Gabe Kelscher and Jazz Koontz that mm-hmm. we had. And then, you know, you looked at it, and, and in the class of uh, 2023, these guys who are freshmen now, it was the first group we really had an opportunity to get out in front, recruiting wise, and and be able to have an impact on. And so, as we looked at our puzzle, we said, it, you know, at, at some point as we continue to move our program forward, we're going to need to take that step. We're going to be we're confident in our ability to evaluate and develop young talent, um, you know, and, and felt like it was going to be imperative that we have a great recruiting class, which we we're fortunate to have. And in that class, we brought in some freshmen that were going to have the ability to play early in their career because, you know, development – there's really the three parts to it. And one of them's getting on the court and playing. Mm -hmm. So we, we wanted to get some impact guys felt like we've done that. You know, what you find with young guys every day in practice more is that there's a lot of first for them. There's a lot of, um, you know, times where they've had so much success and everything's gone well for them to get to a point to be here that now it may be the first time that they're being corrected in practice. It could be the first game on the road. It could be the first time that the crowd's yelling air ball. It can be the Mm -hmm. first time on social, Social media, people are saying things. So, uh, I think those are some of the challenges you run in with with younger guys. A lot more teaching in our practices, um, but really, we feel confident in that group that we brought in, and as a collective whole, that they're going to have an impact on winning games
0: this year. So, one of the things I noticed this summer, I was around some of those camps uh, with the collective and, and whatnot, is. How much you, you can physically see, like physically and I guess emotionally, how much these guys look up to Jones, Robert. Uh, it, it, it is very obvious when you're around a group of them that he is, I don't know if he is the leader, but he, he seems to really fill that role well. Well, look, Rob Jones came in here with us, and we
1: didn't have a, a whole lot necessarily going in terms of, you know, wins and losses and where we were at with the program. And we told him, like, man, just come in here being an everyday guy, and at, at at some point, like, things will go your way. And I think for Rob, even early in his career – he didn't necessarily take to heart quite as much with our daily habits and, and how we need to do things. Uh, but he's somebody now that lives it as mm-hmm. much or more than anybody. And our guys, they recognize it and see that with him. So when you go out and you do conditioning on the soccer field, and you're doing bear crawls and there's a guy who's 6'10", <laughs> 260 pounds at the front of the pack, you know he's real. And every day in practice, he's a guy that brings that physical force, but he's a guy that challenges uh, his teammates. But he can do it because He lives it every single day. And I think Rob is is someone that, you know, he's had a massive impact on our program that people don't get to see all the things off the court that Rob does to make us
0: great. I'm fortunate that I do, and we really value him. Is there anyone else? I guess, in that role that has stepped up and maybe impressed you in the offseason? Well, this offseason,
1: you know, it really was Rob and Taman and Trey King. Those are the three guys, and they all have different strengths in their leadership style and how they bring it. Um, you know, Trey did an outstanding job when it came down to get our guys organized to go to this or do that, or here's where we're traveling to this event, and here's how we're going to show up to the camp. Trey's somebody that's very organized. He's intelligent, uh, does a great job of, you know, just setting the tone for guys in that manner. And then, you know, with Taman, his leadership is resounding. When you just look at him, he looks like a leader. He looks like mm-hmm. a commander. He looks like somebody that's – uh he's in charge. And, and he's taking more and more steps in terms of being more vocal and, and letting the guys know this is how we do things, this is how it will be. And uh, so to have guys that are credible – that believe in our program, that understand what those daily habits are, and and live them out. Because uh, you know, people always use that word culture, right? But culture is what your guys do when no one's watching. Mm-hmm. That's really what your culture is. And uh, I'm very confident in our guys and how they handle those
0: things when we're not around. Well, the, you also, you know, with the guys returning, but I, I thought you had a great transfer class. Uh, I mean, in in this era. With everything going on, like I, I I, let you guys, I, I give you guys an A plus. I haven't seen these guys very much, but it it certainly feels like Curtis Jones, Keyshawn Gilbert, and Jackson Pavletsky. I, I, I don't think there's a bust among them from what I've heard from you guys. What what have been your opening? You know, well, I guess they've been here for months now, but tell us a little bit about them.
1: Yeah, all three are going to have an immediate impact, and and like for us, it was important that. We brought in guards that had the ability to dribble, pass, shoot. Uh, it was another added benefit if we could find guys that had multiple years of eligibility, which all of them do, because now you're not going right back out next year and, and trying to replace them. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they're all here. Um, look, with Keyshawn, a guy that I've known a long time, recruited him you know, at UNLV and Somebody that uh, means the world to me. He's come in here right away and, and been a guy that's aggressive, attacking. Uh, he's got a mentality and a toughness to him. Um, somebody that fans are going to love how hard he plays, how competitive he is, uh, downhill, getting to the basket. And a guy that, you know, he shot the ball at 38% from three last year, which is important too. And a, a terrific on ball defender. Uh, Kurt Jones, uh, elite shot making guard, guy that can really fill it up. I mean, he, he makes shots at a high level. Um, so, somebody shoots it well beyond the three-point line and has been a guy you know at buffalo average 4.8 rebounds a game as well which is something that we like from the guard position he's added almost i mean both those guys have added like 17 18 pounds wow. since the weight they played that last year which has really been impactful and then jackson Pavletsky, man he is a competitor he is a tough hard nose uh can play both guard positions uh lives in the paint uh, can get, get in the paint whenever he wants. A uh, guy that last year was, you know, freshman the year in, in his conference, averaged north of 15 a game, shooting 39 from three. So um, all three um, right now, I'd love watching them compete on a daily basis, but
0: they're all going to have significant uh, impacts on what we do this season. I know that you knew uh, Gilbert, you knew Paveletsky. Prior to be the Wisconsin ties,
1: right? Yeah, I was familiar with him. Um, you know, he played in the same uh, travel program that Milan did. He was, you know, on the team that was a year older. Yep. And then, you know, being from uh, from Kimberly, Wisconsin, somebody that I had seen at times in the past and was aware of.
0: Okay, so the the let's let's talk about the true freshmen specifically Milan and, and Omaha. It, it it really is an interesting dynamic here because you recruit really well this is one of the i think it's a top-rated class in iowa state history but you also have you, you you have older guys too right like so omaha comes in and, and he's been this dominant player throughout all of preps and now he's going up against trey king and robert jones who are like grown grown men how how has that process been like well i think it's a great thing for the competition our practice with omaha
1: i mean there's not a harder worker uh more trusting mentality-based, tough guy. And he's doing so many smart things out there on the court. And you can see him climbing every single day. You can see the progress. You know, he was with USA Basketball, so he wasn't here the majority uh, of the time in the summer. And so some people looked at, well, how much did he play in the Bahamas? And what did he do? And, well, he was only here a couple weeks, right? All the other guys were here uh, for a long period of time. But we're seeing him every day have a bigger and bigger impact. And it's just how he's walking around now, the confidence he's earning every day. Uh, It's been great. We love that competition. But to your point you're going against a guy like Trey King on a daily basis. That's hard. He's been doing this a little bit, you know, and he's been in our program he's going into his third year, so he knows how we do things too, and and he's competitive, and he's excited to have a great senior year so that's been awesome, and then like you said, for Milan, the same way uh, a guy that's, you know, he really has has been so successful in terms of winning three state championships he's the go-to guy in the EYBL team, uh, often was the leading scorer in in, in the EYBL league, which for the high school guys, that's, that's That's about as um, translatable as as you can get to what it'll be in college. But again, now – you're going against guys who are physical, who are older, who have been in the fights before, and you hadn't done it. Um, but with Milan, he's someone that gets better every single day. So um, we're seeing him be more impactful on the glass. Obviously, people talked about his shooting ability, and I think him and Omar, which is really interesting. And when we recruited them, they complement each other so well because mm-hmm. both of them, give or take six, eight, you know, however you want to go about it, but uh, they do different things really well that can impact winning. So it's been
0: exciting to see them continue to develop. I don't want to leave out. Fish and Jelani Hamilton either. Caden Fish plays on the same AU squad as is Omaha. Has that been a good thing for both of those guys to have each other? It really has because, I mean, look, I watched
1: Caden Fish play so many times when I first, you know, was aware of Caden, but then seeing him with Omaha and, man, Caden, every every game more and more, I'd call our coaches and be like, we got to
0: have him. You just kind of fell in love with him throughout that, right? I did. I love who he
1: is as a young man, but I, I, he does winning things. He knows how to make his teams win. His high school team won state championship, his team on EYBL. He's a, he's a really good problem solver. He knows how to figure things out. He's got terrific character. and uh, He's one of those guys, you put him in a lineup and he can dissect who else is around him and what he needs to do and what he needs to bring to make that lineup really work, which is great. And You know what, Jelani, you don't see guards with his positional size, athleticism Mm -hmm. and what he can bring to the table. I think he's somebody that could be, from the perimeter position, an elite defender, an elite rebounder. I think a lot of times people talk about his shooting and his offense, but to me, those are things that he can really do well so he's a big strong guard again like you mentioned with Omaha you know he's got a lot of older guards he's going against on a daily basis who who have been in it before and then um you know with JT Rock yeah I I was gonna
0: add him yeah late addition
1: yeah with JT I mean man think about he comes a year early so now you've got guys on your team that are 50 or 60 or seniors and I got a guy that came a year early and so for JT um just the adjustment um it's been but like from a maturity standpoint, think of how awesome that's going to be for him as, no as he moves forward. You know, the guy gave up his senior year to come here and get ready to help the Cyclones win, and you know what? It's it's one of those things on a daily basis. You keep seeing the progress we saw in our conditioning, we're seeing in our practices. Um, you know, he is a highly skilled player at seven-one, um, and he's continuing
0: to get stronger and more physical, and he's got a very bright future ahead. I, I was going to ask how you gauge – the development of rock because I mean, I'm assuming he red shirts, I'm putting words in your mouth there. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but like he, when you look at him, I, he, he's an impressive specimen, but his face kind of looks like he's still like 14, right? He's, he, uh, sorry, JT, if you're listening, my, I guess my point being, man, you're getting him at such a raw age where Pete link and that group in the weight room can really get to work. And I would guess like the development of him will be even more from day one to 365 because of how young you're getting them. Is that, is that accurate? Absolutely. He's going to make a tremendous step forward this year and he's already made great strides at it.
1: He's uh, like you mentioned, like the weight room, the nutritional piece and just, you know, we talk so much about daily habits. It's, it's how you eat, how you sleep. Think about when we
0: were seniors in high school, right? Like, and now you've got like pros that are breathing down your neck developing you like I I can't even comprehend how beneficial that is
1: no he's he's done great with it too I'll tell you like he uh I don't know how everybody would handle it coming in a year early and it's something that you know is a new endeavor for us but man he's done a great job
0: and we're going to continue to pour into him because we know he's got a bright future all right um Hassan Ward you've been raving about him you started raving about him in like April last year after the NCAA tournament Tell me about his off-season and what has been so impressive. Well, first, just dating back
1: to last year, Hassan wasn't able to get here because he had passport visa issues till essentially the fall. So he missed our whole summer training program, which, was, which put him in a tough spot coming into last year. As the season wound down and we had real conversations – And he knew we were going to be counting on him this year. He knew that uh, there was a lot in front of him that he needed to be playing for. And we were, you know, we recommitted, rededicated to investing in him. And he's been off the charts. I mean, somebody that's going to be in contention for the most improved player in the Big 12 this year is going to be Hassan Ward. He has been extremely active. He's made so many smart plays offensively. He's been a guy that's erasing shots at the rim. I'm I'm looking here like his his rebounding numbers are off the charts. Um, Just a guy that's energy uh, you're going to see is a whole different player than what he was last season. And he started doing that as soon as we ended the season. He recommitted and dedicated himself
0: as well. This felt like to, specifically with King, uh, I did a big piece on him during the NCAA tournament. And, like, there was – he was – I mean, he was really good when he first came in. Honestly, he was better than I thought he would be just in the sense – because he usually takes a guy a little bit of time to get acclimated. But there there was a moment, I want to say in, like, February, was, like, the light flipped on and the speed of the game slowed down. I felt like we were, saw that with Ward in March. Is that accurate? Like, did you, did you see – like, the last two weeks, I just felt like he – was even a different guy.
1: He was he was on the climb there towards the end of that end of the season and he had some, you know, some really impactful plays and and some wins over Baylor down the stretch where he's blocking a shot, getting a rebound or getting a steal uh you know, generating a turnover for us. He was making those winning plays. He felt good about it and more opportunities kept coming his way. So uh, I definitely saw a change in him and and focus and being locked into what we're doing every day. And um, man, it's, it's been fun to be around Hassan every day in practice because he is definitely taking a big step.
0: All right. So full disclosure to all of our listeners. I haven't seen a practice. I haven't seen a scrimmage. I don't know any of this. I'm looking at your roster and I'm trying to come through with a rotation in my mind because we saw a guy like Damarian Watson, who we haven't mentioned, have good minutes last year. We've got, uh, like, to me, you're considerably deeper than the last couple of years, and I'm in my mind trying to figure out how all this is going to work. Do you, do you go deeper into a rotation this year with more guys? Do you, are you one of those guys who, like, it felt like Fred was always like, I'm going to play seven or eight no matter what. You seem a little more like you're going to let the team dictate to you. How how does this look this year? Well, we certainly have more options, guys that bring something to the table.
1: And on a given night – you know, it's hard to say which which one of those elements could come into play to make us successful. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are in play to get minutes. There's a lot of guys that are in play in terms of rotation. And really, um, you know, it's production driven. It's guys that can get in the game and get that opportunity and make an immediate impact on winning. So we've got opportunities that we can play bigger. We could play smaller. Um, we could have, you know. Length. You got guys like like Milan and Omaha with size and length. That you know, multiple position type guys um, that have that size and length and versatility, and Watson as well. So there's going to be a lot of combinations. To me, you know. We put a lot into our daily daily habits, how we work every day, roll up our sleeves, do the blue-collar thing. We play a rugged style. We want to be on the glass. We want to be physical. We want, we want to be the tougher team first to the floor. That takes more bodies. There's more wear and tear on you. There's more you've got to give to be able to play that. you got to earn it every single day. So we're not setting any uh, number on what the rotation may or may not be and who may get in. I know that we've got a lot of guys that are engaged, a lot of guys that can step in and, and bring. Bring something to the table. And if I learned anything at the end of last season when we, we played, went down to play Baylor and got the win on the road, we said we're putting everybody in the game. Everybody has a chance. To <laughs> Literally everybody. And so I know that that was something that I love because everybody was so fired up. Guys were on the bench on the edge of their seat. Like at some point I'm going to get in here and I need to get the job done. And I was proud of our team, how they handled it down there. And that's, that's a dynamic. We're going to continue to foster as we move forward that be prepared. Cause anybody could get in. And when you do, we need you to produce right away.
0: Okay. So Lipsy's obviously the number one point guard, but you've got these three transfers now who really all can play with the ball in their hands. I, I know that you've messed around with two point guards at the same time. Like, Is that something you think that that will translate into games?
1: I do. I mean, natural position, you look at Lipsy, Gilbert, and Pavletsky, and they're all point guards. They all have played primarily that position. Yeah. They all get in the paint regularly. Where we found it to be really good is that, you know, Tayman did so much for us last year. He had to make so many plays, uh, live in the lane, have the ball in his hands late in the clock, against presses, all these tough situations. And we trust Taman, and we have all the confidence in the world in him to do it. Yet at the same time, he's going to be that much better when you have another point guard out there with him, when you have multiple guys on the court that are playing downhill in the paint, making plays. The other part for Tayman, which has been awesome, is as Pavletsky and Gilbert get in the paint and kick it to him, he's actually getting rhythm through with his feet set this year, that we weren't able to get him last year. And he's knocking him down at a high regularity. I mean, he's – I'll just put it out. He's shooting 38% from mm. three with one of the higher makes on our teams. I know that's a question that comes up a lot. Tame is going to knock him down. And we've got confidence he's going to knock him down. we got guys that believe in him that are going to punch a gap with the basketball,
0: kick it to him, and he will knock it down. So what, – what, Can I ask what that process was like in the offseason? Like, okay, tournament's over. Did you break down his shot? Did you – who worked with it? How how did that work? So we did a shooting academy with our team. You know,
1: Coach Blunt works on a daily basis with with our guards, our point guards, so he's put a lot of time into them uh, and continue to do that work. And Coach Crawford, we did a shooting academy for Taman, where we really put the focus on his footwork, his fundamentals, his balance. Um, But like I said, part of it is being able to get him those shots, right? Where guys are passing it on time and on target. You know, I think you know, towards the end of the year, everybody would say, "Well, this is how they played this or played that." But often, he had to be the one that created off the dribble. Now we've got guys to do that. So Tatum's put in the time. Tatum's put in the hard work. Uh, proud of our staff for the investment they've made in him, uh, and excited to you know to for everybody to see the hard work pay off for him this season.
0: Yeah, and the fact that you know he's an Ames guy too. You you've been around Iowa State long enough. We love Iowans you know like it's, it's so now you got you got Omaha uh, you got a walk on from Waukee it feels like you're trying to roster wise always have a couple of these guys to kind of be the core like do they is it just because they, they always wanted to be Cyclones like how, why is that so important to you well, to me, it's that pride and being a Cyclone. It's that mentality,
1: that mindset, um, loving Iowa State, going to camps here, that greater level of investment. Uh, if you if you've been in Hilton, you've been at camp, you've you've been around the program, you know what it's about. You've studied it, and you know how special and the rich history that we're fortunate to have. And you see it with Tame, and you see the pride and the passion that he plays with every night out. We see it with Omaha on a daily basis. You know, growing up, you know, really looking up to this program and studying it, and then. We with Cade Calderman as well, you know, even Mm -hmm. as a walk-on, like he's
0: a heck of a player. He can shoot. I watched him play, I believe, against Omaha last year. Or were they on the same team?
1: No, no. We saw him play against Yes, them. he was the
0: other walkie. Yeah. yeah, we saw him play
1: against Omaha. We saw him play against Milan. And similar yeah. to Caden Fish, I watched him and said, all right, we need that guy in the trenches with us. We need him uh, going to war with us, not against us. So uh, we love having Cade. Kate. Cade's done a terrific job as well. So it, it's so important to have guys – you know, from the state, from the area. I mean, all three of those guys are taming right here, but two other, in the, you know, in the Des Moines, the greater Des Moines area. I mean, they know what we're about. That you can just see that level of excitement
0: to, to put on the jersey, and that means a whole lot to me too. Boy, it really does feel like, though, when I just look at the roster. I mean, Hamilton's from Georgia, but he has ties to Iowa State. Trey King... Um, has ties to Iowa State because his dad played at Drake familiar with it your roster really is that blueprint of you know Midwestern guy I mean other than Ward I guess but everybody you can kind of just draw a circle around Ames in a a radius It, it that is that the strategy going forward? It is. I mean, we want to do a great job in those areas, right? So we've got, I think it's
1: 12 of the 15 guys are, are within six hour drive. You okay. know? And, and so, um, as you mentioned, you know, Trey King's dad, you know, having played at Drake and his familiarity with Jelani Hamilton, mom and dad being Iowa State grads and him growing up uh, with the Cyclone program was huge. And then, you know, even with Ward, even though he personally wasn't connected, you know, a guy that's, you know, a mentor and someone he really looks up to, uh, Timmy. Manix worked in our program, so shared that hmm. what what being a cyclone is all about. So when you really, you know, break it down, like everybody's, you know, from from this region for the most part, or has connections or ties to it, that is so important. I think you know you fight through adversity more, you you have more pride, you care more about that place when when something goes wrong. You're going to have the resiliency, and and we love that. And and I think that that's represented on our roster.
0: Well, I was actually going to ask about that like with the portal. Like, if a guy has more connection to a place, he's probably more likely to, you know, if he's maybe not playing as much as he wants to, to, to fight through it and not just bounce.
1: Yeah, do you, think, do you think is that part of it? Absolutely, it is. I think I think fighting through adversity, fighting through challenge. If you're somewhere you really want to be, and that really means something to you, when things get hard, you're going to find a way to fight through it. And that's the type of guys we want. We want guys that have that, you know, that ability to handle adversity. It's something we talk about on a daily basis in our program. It's not what happens to you; it's how you respond to it. You know, get knocked down, get back up, even tougher. And guys that are more from you know, this, this region and this area and and are more familiar with our program, more connected to it. We believe that those traits are going to stand out.
0: All right. So I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not crazy about the new big I I like the new league. I, I really am going to miss the round robin. Because as a fan, I loved the second time you guys went through, and it's like they've got a great scout on you, and you, you know, like this. It felt like the teams were a little bit chippier because everybody knows each other so much. How, how does it impact uh, a coaching staff now that you've got all these new teams, these new coaches? Uh, you you got to go back to BYU. You've been there a few times. It's like one of the worst places to play in all of college basketball. But what what is it? What does it do for a coaching staff now that? You're, you're playing the uneven schedule as opposed to the round robin. Well, as we prepare and into the summer,
1: you know, you've got to be Mindful of you know the, the the new four programs you know the things that they do basketball wise if there's any differences and things that we need to be accounting for in our process on the front end um, you know I, I do know this our league's been by far the best in the country it is a fight every single night out there is no nights off um, everybody says that about their league but I think that Big Twelve basketball has proven that um, so for us more than anything is trying to be the best version of the team that we have getting our guys better every day. Um, You know, I I don't know exactly it's going to be our first year with those new teams. And Mm -hmm. how does it all impact things? I can't say for sure. I can't say that we want to be the team that fights the, you know, fights with the most toughness, uh, gets the loose balls, the rebounds, the grit. And that's something we're going to continue to hang our hat on. So, um, you know, we're we're excited for the new additions to the league. And we're going to continue to elevate our standards and, and
0: raise the bar for ourselves and how we do those things. Question on the the makeup of the team. I know you're an analytics guy. How do you, like, do you, you have to have some nuance. You can't just compare last year to this year, right? Like, do you, going into last year, I'm assuming you're like, well, we want to be top 15 in defense, or we want to be top, you know, 50 in offense or whatever your, whatever your goal was. Does that change with this team? Like, I mean, is it realistic for this team to be top five defense like we've seen? I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Well, the thing that's beneficial when you have older players,
1: there's two things that happen. Number one, you get a lot of multiple efforts. They understand the value of that and they've been through the fights. They've had the adversity. So when you have guys out there like Jaron Holmes or Gabe Kelscher that have played literally 120 college games, Mm -hmm. um, that has a big, big impact. We don't have quite as many of those guys right now because even our transfer. For guys in the perimeter. You know, they're either in their third year as juniors or or with Pavletsky in his second. So and then the other part is just understanding who you're playing against and what you need to do to to beat them. Whether that's personnel driven, this guy's a shooter, maybe that guy not as much, or just the overall personnel of that team. Older guys have been through those fights. They understand what that's like. So I can't say for sure exactly what Um, you know, where that ranks nationally and where we'll rank from a number standpoint. I can say this, that we are going to continue to demand Uh, a high level of intensity defensively we pressure the basketball we're going to generate turnovers we're going to be a team that's very disruptive and hard to play against focuses a lot on the glass and and whatever this team where we can be the best that's what we're going to do we want to have that identity uh, but we're not going to compare to, to any other teams before we have a lot of new players and a lot of different strengths we're going to be you know what we can
0: be with these guys and challenge them to be their best every night out. How do you? How does Hilton bleed into what you're trying to do? I was a little bit concerned the first year because I was like, "Well, wow. you know, <laughs> the winning teams here in the last ten years had been scoring in the '80s," and I didn't necessarily think that that's how you guys would win. Uh, but it, it felt—it really did feel like to me that the crowd kind of gone back to the Tim Floyd days and were just – they were just – you got them to that point where they were just as amped up about a kill, you know, the three stops in a row as they were a big corner three. Um, how, how important is that on the defensive end, though? Because, again, like I just don't feel like people really think of it like that, but I, I sensed it, man, middle of last year that the crowd was finally like wising up to it after about a year and a half. Like I thought Hilton was as good as it had ever been there specifically that Texas game, but there were a couple Kansas was like that too. Did you feel that you've, you've been in as many games as I have here.
1: Yeah. We love uh, Hilton to feel like it's like a, a, a back alley brawl and everybody's with us and we have 14,500 behind our guys. And we appreciate so much that our fans are celebrating our guys for charges and loose balls and, and block shots and the first team to the floor and now we 're starting to see a shift in those the crowd's energy and the the ovations and the clapping are, mm-hmm. are a lot of times on the defensive end and um, that embracing our team i think it's it 's that partnership like when you play in front of the best fans in the country at Hilton Coliseum with Hilton Magic and all the storied players that come before and coaches and fans and everybody, man, that level of enthusiasm and passion it's it was unbelievable last year like it literally i, I mean i 've been part of some really big games in here and some games where we 've scored some big numbers, but felt like last season you you get late mid to late January into February. Man, we had some some crowds I'd put up against any. <laughs>
0: well I, I I think too it's weird, like when when you're an offensive team or you're known for that, the crowd is a little bit different than like those that that group of dogs that you threw out the last couple of years. And I don't mean that in like a disparaging way. It's just like I mean when you watch Jaron Holmes, it's like it's all effort, right? Like he, he's not the most talented guy out there. Talented guy. But I, I don't, I, your, your teams, I guess the last couple of years were very relatable to Ames, Iowa and just Iowa state, right? Cause you're not out talenting many people the last couple of years. It was just, I don't know. It, it, it was really cool. I, and I thought it brought out a different edge to the crowd. We've heard it loud before. I thought your teams brought out a different edge. Well, our guys were certainly appreciative. And
1: as much as we want to win basketball games, we're, we're raising uh, and developing young men uh, to be successful at whatever they choose to do for the rest of their life. And and to me, being a cyclone, you know, putting on that jersey, uh, you know, Central Iowans, Iowa State fans, cyclones, people throughout the state, man, that's a blue-collar mentality that we have. That's It's hardworking. It's about toughness. It's about grit and resolve. And those same attributes – that our fan base has and our fans have night in and night out. Our players have those same expectations of how they're going to play and how they're going to perform. And, you know, again, as a coach, there's not many moments where you just kind of take it all in and say how cool this really is that our fan base and the way that we play are so much in unison, but really did feel that way down the stretch last year. And, Man, I'm getting excited talking about it. I want to get back to Hilton. I know we're still a month out, but mm-hmm. want to get back in there right
0: away because it was really cool. All right. I had a couple other things, and and then I'll let you go uh, personnel-wise. I, I thought that the recruitment of Curtis Jones was fascinating. He was kind of just – I felt like he got overlooked, and I, I don't know if it was the fans' fault or the media's fault or what, but you got Pawlecki and – Gilbert were kind of the more high-profile guys, but from what I've heard, I mean this—this this Curtis Jones is like legit. Did you know he was as good of a shooter is as, as he's turned out to be when you when you took him, or has he just gotten better throughout the summer? We knew he was very capable. What his abilities were, um, fortunate to
1: know you know a couple of coaches that have coached him up to this point, yeah, and you know having real direct conversations with them, and then letting Kurt know you know when he got here like hey what we told you in the recruiting process we need like we meant it and and like every day we want that and so i feel like his aggressiveness and understanding that like We want him hunting at all times. We want whoever's guarding him or the team we're playing against to be preaching for days and, and, you know, leading up to the game. He can't get this. He can't because I'm telling you, like, he can make them at a high level. And and not only is he a shot maker, he's been a guy that's a great assist to turnover player in terms of his IQ and making plays. And then he's been a guy that's averaged five rebounds a game. So uh, for us – you know his his shooting ability has continued to stand out on a daily basis um we were aware that it was in there hmm. but like we're we're hoping for like and we're looking for like the tyrus mcgee level of like man this dude is running off staggers and pin downs and transition and offensive rebounds and he's the most confident shot maker in the country
0: that's a that's a big statement does he talk trash like tyrus you know, maybe not as much yet, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll lean into that a little bit. Is, is
1: Tyrus the best trash talker at Iowa State? I don't know if I would say he's the best but I certainly value and appreciate Tyrus at a high level because he is as real as they come but he's he's definitely got to be up there now like I said when you go to the real trash talk
0: I mean George Niang Niang told me that McGee was the best that's why I said that
1: the only thing I'd say about Niang is he's going to study like he's going to know everything about your life and he's going to know like that you got a jaywalking ticket when you were 12 (laughs) years old and that will come up Uh, he's Gonna know everything and anything, so I think Tyrus is you know he's he's as real as they come. But man, George is literally like the best I've ever been around. At how he uses information, to his uh, you know to his benefit. Man, that guy knows everything about everything all the time. So it's all in play.
0: I felt like he kind of had to though, right? Like we all joke about the YMCA minivan thing, but it it's hard. Like if you remember what George was shaped like when he got here. It's hard to imagine, like, a 10-year pro without being the most, like, savvy dude in the league. Well, Pete Link, our strength coach, did an unbelievable job working
1: with George on a daily basis. Oh, man. But what I'd say, it's such a great, you know, learning lesson for so many. I think a lot of guys come into college, and they don't use a lot of information, right? They get by in athleticism or talent or shooting ability or shot blocking, whatever that may be. And George came in and certainly had the gifts, a great touch, ability to score the ball, high IQ player, winning player, uh, continued to be an improving defensive player uh, through his career. But what I'd say is, man, the guy uses all the information. He just wants more film, more scouting film, more feedback, more information. And he's able to put all that information in play to work for him better than anyone I've ever
0: seen. They couldn't be more different humans, but Niang... So, Brock Purdy always reminded me in the Yang, only in the sense that you kind of got the feel after a couple years when George had survived, right? So, he'd gone down to the G League a little bit, comes back, starts to make a home in Utah, and you got the feeling, okay, this guy's a 10 to 15 year pro. And I always thought that Purdy would be that too. I didn't, I didn't thought that, I never thought Brock would be where he is now. But is that a lesson to younger guys? The reason I would compare those is because they're good people. Like you, just want to be around them. Is that still a thing in the NBA? Where if you're not a, you know, a total punk at the end of the bench, they're going to keep you around more. Because that that was the vibe I always got with Niang. And frankly, I'm a little surprised Naz didn't too. Because I kind of I kind of had him in in that same ilk. Um, but yeah, it, is that still a thing in your game? Yeah, Naz is certainly one of those guys as well. But what I what I'd
1: say about George is it certainly is right it is it it, it definitely is because what he does is he makes himself invaluable to that organization, right? I mean, not just the lesson for guys wanting to play in the NBA. How about guys wanting to be successful in life? Come yeah. into an organization, come into a team, come into a family, whatever it is, make yourself so valuable that they have to have you to function at the level that they want. And that's what George does. And that's what he did for us here. It's what he does at every organization. You know, you, you hear it all the time. And when we're out in the summer, when we have NBA scouts at practice, his name comes up a lot and they're just like, man, man, that guy is, like, having vitamin C with, you know, like at any point in time he just brings energy to the group. He knows the egos. He knows who the best player is. He knows where the shots need to come from. He knows what he needs to do on a daily basis, the energy he comes in with. He knows everyone's name. He shakes hands, and, you know, he's sincere. But, like, everybody could learn from George Nang and how he handles that because everywhere in life you need people that are going to be that – Energetic, upbeat, grateful, humble person to be there, and they're going to, you know, be very sincere and genuine, and that's George is. All right, next
0: couple of weeks, getting ready for the season. Um, you, you had Quanzo Martin in last week. I saw. Uh, you have McCarney in this week. Is there any other speakers or anything like that lined up? Get you yeah. guys ready? Yeah, so you mentioned him earlier. So Coach Floyd's gonna be
1: with us oh, next week. Awesome. Uh, he's coming in and, and as you you know, you talked about just the defensive mindset and the and the toughness. And coach has been somebody that's been great to me. I knew him, got to meet him right away when I got into junior college, my first year in, in college, so twenty years ago and learned a lot from him then, really respected how his teams played and uh, it'd be exciting to have him here with us next week and then at some point coach van gundy uh will be here with us again whether it's towards the end of the month or early next month uh along with coach mccarney uh he's he's batting uh you know a thousand hitting 100 you know
0: 100 percent on the criminal company. that espn let him go he's the best commentator I, i'll put him right there with joel clatt in college football like i was just crushed
1: yeah coach van gundy's is. As much substance and character uh-huh. um, as you'll find as awesome of a human being and a leader and a, a person as there is out there and a tremendous, tremendous coach. So I hold him in very high regard, and, and I want him, you know, when he evaluates a program, do it with a very critical eye, but learn so much from him. And he's, he's had a big impact on Cyclone
0: basketball here these last few years, and we're thankful to him. I was kind of waiting on the assistant to the head coach thing. After the ESPN deal happened, I was wondering if he was going to take up a residency in Ames. <laughs> well, we, we I don't would, think he needs the job, though.
1: No, we, we'd love to have him <laughs> as involved as he can be. And, and I know he's, he's very involved with his family and, and uh, doing a great job there. So we'll be excited to get him back here soon, though.
0: All right, man. We well, got media day this week. We appreciate a few minutes here earlier in the week. And uh, best of luck. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Chris.